The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to a came from Radio, the official of the Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. Is none other than Fishy Sarcasm, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. Hello, everybody. So, on this week's show, we have another Jay Burnley segment. Uh, Jenny Feldy, L Man, and senior correspondent Charles Saladino discuss the short film Astro Plains Drifter. And from the Fat Guy Indie Art Show, they have many interviews with um, artists Megan, Megan Taylor and Tropicon event organizer Patrick Madden from the Tropicon. Before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! News is brought to you in part by Define, folks of uh, sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for March 26th. It is, uh, they have their headliners, which is Chantal Vanston from The Boys and Serena Vincent, a Power Ranger. So your Ooh. tickets are on sale right now. You, you watch The Boys, right? I do watch The Boys. I'm looking forward to season three. So do you know who Chantal is? No, I don't watch The Boys. Off the top of my head, she probably no. plays the girl. <laughs> she plays the girl. Chantal, what's her last name? Vanston. Van Stanton. Santon. Van Santon. Van. So, right. like I said, she probably plays the girl. I'm, I'm guessing so. This just this is a stretch, but it's she possible. does she uh-huh. does play a girl. That there is, you go. That is quite See? true. I believe she plays um, the mother to Homelander's baby. If I if I'm right on okay. that one, so yes, tickets yeah. are on sale right now. Right now, go get your tickets right now. Um, so let's see. We're gonna, yes. as, as always, she plays Becca Butcher, who is the main one of the main characters' wives, and then was essentially um, raped by Homelander and had a child. Spoilers, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you asked if I knew. Like, yes, this is who she plays. Deal. With okay. It. Uh, also, want to give a shout out for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, Famous Resident Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. If you want to have your own little shout out, go to our website, www.icamefromreal.com. And there's a button that takes you right to our Patreon page, and you just for a dollar a month, you can uh, get a shout out on our show. Um, normally, we start off with the sad news, but we don't have any sad news this week. So we're just going to start what? with the non-sad news. Yes, we're just starting off with the non-sad news. Uh, let's see. From the What a Meta Way to Go department. After 25 seasons, the animated kids series Arthur just aired its final new episode on PBS. 
The reason I say new, using my air quotes, uh, is because much like the animated series Mighty Max from the 90s, and excluding the upcoming episodes on Hulu, Futurama, before it, also ended this series on a similar way. Um, both series ended on a sort of time loop so that the earlier episodes continued the series on, rep- on repeat viewings. Um, did you ever watch Mighty Max uh, as a kid, Dom? No, no, not that I can recall. So Mighty Max was a, a show based on the, the toy line, Mighty Max, and it had a kid with a, oh, a magic hat. And, um, it yes, was a, I did. Yes, with the, I with did the, watch with this. The, with the foul, and it had um, Norman, who was um, Richard Maul, and he played the, the warrior. And, it was yeah. a, and at the end, he, the bad guy, spoilers, the bad guy killed off the t- other two main characters, and the main character was able to use his power to, cre- to beat the bad guy and create a time loop which sent him back to the first episode. Wow. So it all started all over again. So that way you can watch it and then watch it all over again and over and over and over again. And it, and it worked out really well. I actually remember like it was one of the few cartoons that was on early enough that I could watch before going to school in the morning. Yes. Yes. And I had gotten almost up to the finale and then I missed it and I never saw the finale. It was, <laughs> it was a really good finale. It was called Armageddon out of here. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good one. So, if uh, it was a really good series, and I, and I thought it was a unique way it ended, especially for a kid show. It really was yeah. not a kid show. Um, and Futurama did the same thing. There, there was a time uh, the world got frozen in time, mm-hmm. and um, Fry um, found out, and and basically they all grow old together, and they decided that if they go through the wormhole and fix time, because the two characters, the two main characters, uh, Fry and Leela were living their lives and the whole world was frozen. Right. And the only way to fix everything was that they would have to go through the portal and it would restart everything. So it would bring it back to the very first episode. Got it. And so they got so you so you got the the finale where the characters have to live out their lives. And then the story also continued. So I was like, oh it was really a really well done uh loop. So this one and uh, so in Arthur, uh, spoilers, the series ends with him reading the story of his graphic novel about his life beginning with the first episode. Huh. So the entire series was him narrating his own show. You know, there's, um, there's a show on USA called Burn Notice. I've heard of that, yes. With, um, and what the hell is that guy's name? Uh, Bruce Campbell's in yes, it. Yes, yes, yeah. Bruce Campbell, yes. And I feel... It, so... I have my I, I'm not a big lover of uh um fan theories, right. but I do have a fan theory that basically it's what you just said with Arthur, because there's a constant narrative and almost breaking of the fourth wall by the main character, Michael Weston, who's talking to the audience. He'd be like, So when someone comes after me, I don't get a gun. I like to go to to the hardware store and I get prepared. And if I add this, it's kind of like MacGyver, if I add this and this together, right. I can create a bomb and blah blah blah. <clears throat> and they end the series with everyone using some of the very first lines that they had in, in the first episode. Ah. And including what his first line is in the intro of every show. My name is Michael Weston. I used to be a spy. And it ends and he asks his his girlfriend, love interest, um, what he's going to tell his nephew about everything that happens. 
And she says, start with the truth. Your name's Michael Weston. You used to be a spy, which then kind of makes it as if the entire show was him telling his nephew how right. they ended up where they ended up. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So check it out. It's on Netflix, I think. So those things, I always find those things really cool because I love, love time travels. That's really how it's, it's an original way to keep the show fresh and interesting. So anybody just watching can catch on. And then it's really a quote unquote new episode, but not new episode. I really think that's cool. Mm. Uh, so moving on from the. That's a lot of nuts. Department. The new film Uncharted, based on a video game of the same name, takes the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $51 million, beating out the new dog film called Dog, starring Channing Tatum, which pulled in $18 million, um, and also in its first week of release. For those of you keeping track, the second third Spider-Man film is still the highest grossing film of this year, 2022, as well as last year, 2021, with $198 million for this year, followed by Scream at number two with $77 million, and Uncharted comes in at number four of the top grossing movies of this year so far. We're only uh, two months in, almost three months in, and mm-hmm. Dog comes in at number eight. Um, I actually managed to, to watch Scream. I, I, I got to see it. And it was a good, uh, it was a good show, a good film. Um, I felt the third act was a little lacking, but the yeah. first two, the setup and um, the the interactions of the characters and the way they explained it, the meta of everything, it was really entertaining. Um, I found it was really weird. Like there was this one part where um, David Arquette and Courtney Cox have their reunion moment on screen. And I'm watching and I'm like, wow, this is just like when uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher had their moment. Right, and then stuff happens. And I was like, "Wow! If Star Wars only had done this, it would have been such a much better movie." Basically, you could say that about the entire sequel trilogy. If Star Wars had just not <laughs> done what they did, this would have been so much better. Although, and and I remember we talked about this how both of us enjoyed uh, the Last uh, Jedi, mm. and. I, I mean, I, I went back and I listened to it because, you know, the, the hatred is so crazy about which do they hate more, seven or eight? And everybody just kind of gave up at nine. <laughs> well, like, as, as we've covered in the news. Um, they had no plan. <laughs> they, there was no plan. And seemingly, what's his name, who did seven and nine was like, we thought it'd be interesting to like everyone doing their own thing. Like, no, it's Star Wars. You don't get to do your own thing. There has to be a concise story all the way through. You might be able to get uh, flesh it out in different ways, but you have to know where you're going. Obviously, it's, not. A, it's a myth. <laughs> it's supposed to be a myth. It's supposed to make sense in a certain respect. Like this is how the story goes. Read goddamn Joseph Campbell. Like <laughs> just, just understand. Or you know what? Go talk to George Lucas. <laughs> like what? Nah, they just they just felt like they they just count the they money. just winged it. I feel I still feel that uh, episode eight that Ryan Johnson did, though, is the the best of them. Like he really I felt it was very much tried. He tried different things. And that's why I give him credit for. Yeah, he tried different things. It was clearly a love in my mind. It's a love letter just to the original trilogy of how it made him feel as a child. Yes, especially, you know, know, like you, you, you might not like it, but especially the idea like where like the kids playing with a, with a Luke Skywalker sort of figure kind of, and 
looking up at the stars and dreaming and you know like there was there was a a good place they could have gone somewhere much better in episode they could nine have gone everywhere <laughs> so much as any different place and they just just like uh palpatine came back i don't know palpatine came back yes yes it's like oh god <sighs> so so moving on <laughs> Before this goes on to the, the Star Wars trash uh, episode, uh, from the pay the man department. Yes. As just mentioned, yes, that's the answer, yes. Yeah, pay him. As just mentioned, Hulu is going to bring back Futurama for more new episodes with the original showrunners on board as well as the original cast, except that is for the voice actor John DiMaggio, who played Bender on the series. John says, this is a long one, I've been thinking about everything that's been going on these past months. And just to be clear, I don't think that only I deserve to be paid more. I think the entire cast does. Negotiations are a natural part of working in show business. Everyone has different strategy and different boundaries, their price. Some accept offers, some hold their ground. Bender is part of my soul, and nothing about this is meant to be disrespectful to the fans or my Futurama family. It's about self-respect and, honest, and honestly being tired of the industry that's become too far corporate, uh, wait, that's become far too corporate and takes advantage of the artist's time and talent. Look, I wish I can give you every detail so you would understand, but it's not my place. Still hoping for the best. Um, this comes after the internet became divided over whether John should return, quote-unquote, for the fans, and how he's just, quote-unquote, demanding too much money, and also Hulu, quote-unquote, being just cheap and not paying enough people for what they're worth. Um, I think it's, it's an interesting world. Like, it's, a, it's an interesting gray area. Like, do the actors or actresses have an obligation to the fans, or does the companies have an obligation to pay the people what they're worth? Mm. No, there's an obligation to pay the people what they're worth. <laughs> it's true because the reason <laughs> the fans are there because of the of the actors and performers. So if you're going to bring it back and you want to make the fans happy, pay them what they're worth. They've, but then the question comes to over then, this time. But then the question comes to what is that number? I mean, it, it, there's, there's two things I want to mention. Um, we, I met um, Flash Gordon, the original Flash Gordon, uh, Sam J. Jones. He was at a convention, and he said, all right, let me tell you something straight. I don't care who you are or, or what you're doing. Whenever anybody asks an actor or actress, oh, why they take this role, and he's like, oh, you know, I was in the passion and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter because they're getting paid. That's the reason why they took the job. It's a job. They're getting paid. All the other right. stuff is on top of that, but right. essentially it's a job. They're getting paid. And yep. then it, it makes me go forward to Harrison Ford. And we were just talking about Star Wars, how they paid him a bit load of money. They paid him a buttload of Disney money for him to be yeah. in episode uh, seven. seven. So yep. was he worth that? Like if he didn't come back, she'd be like, oh, how dare Harrison Ford not come back for the Star Wars fans? Or, or, or he should, or he should come back for the Star Wars. And it's an interesting thing. I think it's, I think it's not just. It's, I don't think it's black and white. Um, no, there's only one person who's going to play Han Solo. Well, now there's two. So, <laughs> now there's two, but no, you pay him. <laughs> you, you, you pay him because there's only one Harrison Ford. You pay him, or you write him out. Which I, I guarantee you, Harrison Ford would not have cared 
if they wrote him out and they never asked him to come back and do Star Wars. Right. That's he that's said my he's point. setting <laughs> he said it willingly. He's like, eh. he didn't even want to be in, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and so. from what I understand, it was in his contract that they spoilers got rid of him in episode uh, uh seven. But did they? That was part of his uh <laughs> that was part of his um yeah, he somehow he returned. He <laughs> that was part of his uh contract to, to I love be someone in asked him someone asked him like, So how's it feel to be a force ghost? He's like, What? I don't know what, what are you talking about? Exactly. He just like I don't I'm just just give me the money. And then just, there's just, some just actors who who well, we can talk about uh Spider Man. Like they 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 specifically talk about how those cast members came back quote unquote for the fans. Yeah, but I'm sure they got paid pretty good too. Yeah, but I think I think it's 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 some if, type of gray area. It's not it's not specifically that they should come back for the fans, it's not specifically that they should get paid. I think I think it should in, be both. Yeah, in my mind it's if the studio actually cares enough about the fans, they're willing to pay the actors. Yeah. Like if, if they're, if they're doing the project, not just for solely profit and making money, but because they want to put out a good project that the fans will like, then they're going to care about getting the, the correct actors and paying them what they're worth. The reason why it, it, I mean, you see it in TV all the time. They start a show, they get paid, I don't want to say little because they still get paid a lot of money, but they get paid less than what they do towards the end of the series run right. when they get into the like the last three, four, two to three seasons where they're making the big money. Right. So like, if whatever thing you're trying to bring back clearly has the audience or else you wouldn't be trying to bring it back, then you got to know you got to pay for, for it to be good. Or but, don't bring it back. But then, Just don't bring it back. Well, yeah. But then you have to think that certain uh, franchises don't have that kind of money. Let's let's say, for example, I will bring in Cobra Kai because I think that that is the best example of what to do when you're bringing back yep. a show. And when they started, it was a YouTube series. And you know, right. as well as I too, YouTube does not have Elizabeth Shue money. <laughs> and Elizabeth no. Shue did not appear in the first no. season. Of Cobra Kai. But then when no. they started making Netflix money, mm-hmm. who shows up? Spoilers. <laughs> like Elizabeth. But so it also didn't make any sense to bring her back in season one yet either. Like they, they did they it smart and they, they could have, but they if, would have shoehorned her in. If, no pun intended. If um, they huh, if they if if they had let's say if Disney was doing it, they could have easily made they could have made her Daniel's wife. You know, they could have done that if they, they had Disney money. Yeah. If they felt that they can, if they if they named her price, so they there are ways to go about it. Both there are ways to go about it, and if you're creative and smart and resourceful, and show to the fans that hey, you know we're doing the best we can with a limited amount of money, mm. I think I think you get you earn goodwill. Um, mm. Another one is the Saved by the Bell uh, reboot reboot or continuation series. Um, mm. There was a character on the show, uh, Leah Remini. Yes, and she was on the original. Well, not the original, but she was on like the later years of the show. Yeah, and, they were, so they were working. They did like an episode. They did a season where they were working at a country club over the summer. Right, and yeah. she was on it. Yep. And in the new series, they they were talking about they were talking about the old times, and they had flashbacks, and they mentioned her character, and mm-hmm. Slater says. Uh, we don't have the budget for uh, for that type of flashback. So I thought that was kind of funny that they know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they can afford, and if they could, they would. 
And so that's, right. it's, it's in that side of things. Like, look, we only have this much money. You know, we only have this much budget. Then maybe they're like, you know what? I'll, I'll since I'm I'm comfortable with the amount of money I have, I'll take a pay cut. I'll have a cameo for the fans. Like I said, it's it's a gray area. In my opinion, I think it's a gray area. I think it also depends on what they're asking them to do. This is true. Very like, true. Are they are they asking them to basically spend five minutes on screen, which is a half a day's worth of shooting, um, out of their life that they can just kind of come in. And it also depends, I think, on how the actor, the performer, regards the original work. Do they like it? Do they like being with these people? Do they want to, you know? So let's take Leah Remini and say that she, like, really enjoyed her time there and whatever. They want her in for, like, five minutes. She might she might be inclined, be like, yeah, I'll, I'll come do half a day and pop in. I'll be fun. Just like how they had George Clooney uh, towards the end of ER come back. Right, for, exactly. For, right. for the few minutes, yeah. For the so few it, minutes. It all, it all depends. And like I said, but there is a price. So I find it's a gray area, but uh, that's, that, that's, where, that's where we're at with that. But we have more news, so let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, this, this is going to be a good one. Because you, you should remember this uh, from our time, from our, from our time in the studio. From the You Can't Keep a Bad Idea Down follow-up department. Mm. As mentioned in a previous show, MoviePass is being brought back by the original founder, Stacy Spikes, after its Chapter 7 liquidation. Turns out that while Stacy has yet to release a specific price for the service, he did, however, explain a feature designed to generate more revenue for the company so that it will not lead to a second implosion. The mm-hmm. new movie pass will offer a tiered service with movies costing, quote-unquote, credits based on the popularity and the screening time of the movie. Uh, subscribers will be able to earn credits by watching ads on their phone, provided that they allow the software to track their eye movements to ensure that they're actually watching the ads. The ads will automatically stop when you look away and resume when you look back. Stacy says it basically <laughs> <Disturbing>. creates <laughs> it basically creates a transaction between you and the brand. What's cool about this is your phone, your device uses your own facial detection. We had an earlier version of this where you know what happened. People put the phone down, left, and didn't pay any attention to the ads. I love product placement in movies. I love the cars. I love the watches. I love the clothes. I sometimes have a notepad, and I'm writing down, is that Hugo Boss? And I'm on the computer trying to figure out what suit is he wearing. I'm that guy. I don't think he's that guy. (laughs) It takes the middleman out versus people selling your data and giving away information for you to have access to these things. We're going to empower that that happens directly to you, the customer. Uh, for those of you who aren't paying attention or just forgot, in 2017, MoviePass was offering unlimited movies, which are limited of one per day, for a monthly fee of just $10. As predicted by experts, the business model was unsustainable, and yet MoviePass kept on trying to keep everything afloat by doing anything it could while pretending everything was fine, eventually making a monthly $14.95 option per month with many heavy restrictions. In September 2019, uh, MoviePass notified subscribers that it will be shutting down indefinitely. And January 2020, movie file, MoviePass filed for Chapter 7 liquidation. Remember, this is all pre-pandemic. So you remember, uh, you remember us talking about uh, MoviePass there, don't you, Dominic? Oh, yeah. Not shocked it failed. <laughs> but it's back. It, of course. Like, I... What do you, what do you what do you well a what do you think of it coming back and b what do you think of this the credit watching service thing? 
uh, the fact that like it knows that you're going to turn your head or eyes away <laughs> and stop and, it, it makes me think of that scene in um what was it, clockwork orange where they just have the guy's eyes peeled back and they keep putting drops <laughs> in it making him watch like that's essentially it I'm like they're making me watch they're making me watch and and i love how it's like well you've you've entered into this contract you just like <laughs> Like, oh man, well, then you know what? Guess what? I'm just gonna stick with watching movies at home. <laughs> so that's, that's it. All right. So now movie pass coming back. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I think it has as much uh much chance this time around as the XFL did. <laughs> um oh, uh we I talked about this last uh, episode and I just think that I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. I don't think it's gonna work. But now hearing more information on it about this thing that you have to watch the ads on your phone to earn credits to get free movies. I don't I don't yeah. think I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see people giving up their time for money. I mean we do all the time, but constantly it's called work. <laughs> well I mean willingly watching an ad so that way they can watch a movie for free. Right. I don't, I don't. I don't see it happening. Maybe they're gonna have some other stuff. Maybe it'll be we, better, better tiers. But I can't imagine what kind of price point they would have, and how watching. Ads they, you know what they've actually done? They've reinvented the Sunday movie on network television. Huh. Think about it. Remember, like there used to be the Sunday afternoon movie because they had yes. no programming. Yes. Uh, Channel Eleven did this all the time. The kung fu and, movies, yeah. Yeah. Any any of them. You know, like when when network television used to run movies and you'd sit there and like they would take an an hour and 45 minute movie and extend it (laughs) to three hours with all the ads. Yeah. And they chop it up terribly. Yeah. In the middle of scenes, they there's no good editing to it. And you just sat there and because you you're like, ooh, this movie that came out four years ago finally came to network television. And you know, it was even before you really had a remote. You couldn't even <clears throat> a get remote. up and change the channel. Um, you had to sit there and VHS was just it. taking off, you know, but like sometimes you didn't want to go out and pay for the movie and, and, and rent the movie. So it's like, oh, I'm just gonna watch this here. That's basically what they what she has now done, or he whoever the he, creator it's a, it's a guy. Stacy is a guy. Uh, I, I Googled movie pass see this so like a picture of a girl, so I got confused. But anyway. Um, that's basically what they did. They recreated movies on network television. Well, I, I hope them the best, but I think this is going to be a, a great story that's going to come down the pike. <laughs> Tell me that didn't just blow your mind when I when I told you that, though. Yeah, that they, yeah. Essentially, they just basically took network movies, network movies, and put it on your phone. And the thing is, it's only ads, and then you have to go and, go, and then you go see the movie. So I'm like, all right, that's. Uh, remember, it's it's a it's a pass service to go see movies. So you're not even going right. to watch the movie on your phone. You have to watch the ad on your phone, and then you go watch the movie. Right. So, but basically, uh, it's the same concept. Yes. Yes. Very well done. And at this point, you might as well like wait. So something <laughs> comes out in theaters three months, and and you can wait anywhere between six weeks to three months, and it's going to come onto your TV. Yeah. And in right. some way, shape, or form. In in some way, shape, or form, like some the Kingsman just made yeah. its debut on hbo max that came out in december yeah that was literally a six-week wait yeah i know the batman is coming out in a couple of weeks 
I'm th- and I know they're no longer HBO Max is no longer like doing in theaters right. and on HBO Max. It's in theaters only, correct? So I might as well. I think basically after the Matrix, they're like, all right, if the Matrix didn't do it, we're just gonna make it back. We're gonna do it, go back to to in theater. So for me, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to the theater to see the Batman. It, it looks good. I think it might be good, but I might just sit and wait for it to come out on HBO Max by May. The whole thing is is just uh, getting those butts in the seat in that first weekend. Remember, the first weekend is the most important. Of course. Once, once that's done, they don't care. So if you're not going that first weekend, they don't care about you. Which is also crazy that that's how the movie business became because there used to be a time where you had sleeper hits. Yeah. They let it out and then word of mouth and it built up and suddenly like, wow, yeah, that's like Dirty Dancing. Anymore. Like you think about the movie Dirty Dancing. If you watch any documentary about it, it was a train wreck uh from its inception to create it to to budget it to getting it out there and it it opened up and it was you know what was a sleeper hit going back to our original uh, point star wars yeah star star wars is a, was a sleeper hit the original movie came out i think in like nine theaters and it never had a grand opening and it it slowly built up an audience and it became and like Mark Hamill said he, he went to the theater and he saw a trailer for it and said, coming to a universe near you. And then some guy said, yeah, right. That sucks. <laughs> so he thought he was in a bomb of a movie and obviously not. And it became a sleeper hit and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and just stayed in the theaters. There's no sense of patience anymore. You hear about it in TV, too. Like Seinfeld wouldn't have been a hit. And if it was tried and put out today, yeah. simply because they, it took almost four seasons for Seinfeld to become huge. And it's it's weird if you think about it how, even with the streaming services, it's the same way. It's all about instantaneous. And there are some shows, some some series that they do need that time. Um, I used to have a rule when I used to watch TV: you got at least two episodes, maybe three, if it was to to hook me. Now, right. you know, you watch the first 10 minutes, like, I'm not watching the rest of this. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's over and done with. You have no, there's no patience anymore because of the instant gratification of the internet. I still have more patience about watching a new show. Um, it's got to be really boring and bad if it does, for me to turn it off within 10 minutes. Like, it's got to be like, this is, this is just inconceivable. I can't watch this. It's so bad. I but still for have. the most part, I can I can usually get in through for a first episode and then at least the first episode, maybe into the second one. And I'm like, you know, what? it's not getting me. I'm, I've only abandoned a, a handful of shows uh, in since like binge watching really became like streaming services happened. Um, but there are only a handful where I'm just like, you know what? Can't do it. Can't do it. There was one that I had on my like worst list of, I think, 2020. Um, which was an Amazon show. And I said, like, in terms of the writing and everything, it was good. It was just the subject matter. I just, I didn't want to watch it. And I still watched like two, at least two, maybe three episodes. I was like, right. no, I, I can't. I had to abandon it. I usually, this is one of the reasons why I have yet to see the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is because I'm like, when I commit to something, I'm all in. So I better make darn sure I want to see something. And actually I gave, um that new show naomi i gave it a couple episodes I'm like nah i'm not i'm tapped out and that mm. was rare otherwise i'm like if i don't see it i'm gonna watch it all the way through but i like maybe it'll be good no so yeah well there's gonna be a new 
Lord of the Rings, quote unquote, Lord of the Rings, but really a, a Tolkien yes. show coming yes. to Amazon. I heard about that, which is a ma- a huge prequel going back like way before right anything happens in Lord of the Rings. So that might be something you might want to check out and see. If I, I, that I am story. debating it. I am debating it on as as we speak. So look, it, it, it's it's just a well, it's going to be a show, so you can tell yeah. in ten minutes and then and bail. Right. But anyway, we're almost out of time. So uh, you get the final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts for our new segment? Um, final thought. Yeah, give entertainment time, and and be less harsh about Star Wars projects. All right, that's especially, that's a, especially Favreau Filoni projects. They're they're good guys. They're right. they're, doing, they're doing right. Exactly. Give them, give them give them some credit. Yeah. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with the Camping Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel Tamon uh, and Ryden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to... It came from the radio. Stick around. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. The Indie Art Show. I'd go again. It's a great place for artists to showcase and sell work. It was a packed house at the Great South Bay Brewery, full of smiling faces and dogs. Yes, it was a dog-friendly event. So if you like dogs, there were a lot of very well-behaved dogs. None of the dogs were scary, because I do like dogs, but I don't like all dogs. I like humans, but I don't like all humans. All of them were well-behaved. If you're a big fan of beer, well, lots of beers and brews, of course, and um, the to me, what stood out the most, sorry, I, I've picked favorites. If I had children, I'd pick favorites. Shadow Rabbit Art stood out the most with his sculptures. The sculptures are just incredible. It's not the first time I've seen them, but just wanted to give a shout out to him. All of the artists, awesome. You'll hear the interviews on the show. Thank you for the interviews. Thank you for all the work you do. If you're a writer, painter, sketcher, you're into comic books, cats or dogs, sculptures and you're into creative mindsets well this show is for you back to you mark the comic book depot has been in business since 1993 your one-stop comic book shop for comics gaming and collectibles the comic book depot club membership is 15 dollars and gets you 15 percent off new comics back issues graphic novels and 10 percent off comic book supplies located at 2847 jerusalem avenue in wontaw new york contact us on facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back for more information give alan a call at 516-221-9337 the comic book depot Now, back to our show. This is Al Mann here with Megan Taylor and Charlie Saldino. With uh, Jazzy GJC over here, senior correspondent here. As you can see, I'm playing my top tunes, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk to Megan. Let's take it away. Megan Taylor volunteers at a shelter with cats. 
and there's lots of beautiful artwork of the cats. So why do you do this? What got you into this? Why are you passionate about what you do? Very, very great work, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, I just really love animals, and I like to draw. I've been drawing since I was a, a kid, so it seems like a natural thing to uh, start a series of animal drawings just to kind of raise awareness of different kinds of animals and their existence on the planet. We should take care of them. And there's a whole series of shelter cats. So they're portraits of the cats at Long Beach Humane Society, and um, they're up for adoption. You know, they're, they're animals in need, and they make great companions. That's why I do it. And what do these cats need? <laughs> they need some love and affection and a, a good home to go to. So now if there's another animal that needs something, what would you say the next top two animals that need our help? <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's so many. Um, off the top of my head, I will say bees. They, uh, we need to, you know, it might be a good idea if you just an everyday thing you can do is plant some, some, uh, some things in your garden that attract bees and, um, get them pollinating. And, uh, another one, how about pangolins? They are being poached and they're amazing animals and they shouldn't be poached. <laughs> I don't know if I can help the penguins, but I'm going to plant a lot this summer. Final thoughts, Charlie? Uh, let me tell you something. This is the most beautiful artwork I've ever seen, and it's stunning. And to see it up close and personal, even more fabulous. So check this lady's work out. Super talented, very humble artist. So therefore, we got to promote her. And um, thanks for coming on. Any final thoughts? And where can we find you? Oh, uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Megan Taylor underscore Arch. And you just spell my name with an H. So it's M-E-G-H-A-N Taylor underscore Arch. See you later. Back to you, Mark. Hey, back to you, Mark. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. I'm here with my beautiful co-host. Thank you. It's El Man. And we're here talking to Patrick. Patrick Madden from Long Island Tropicon. How's it going, everybody? It's going great. Oh, my God. I love it. We have Tropicons coming up this August uh, at the at the Hyatt Regency, Long Island, August 20th and 21st. we got a $10,000 cosplay contest going on, over 100 vendors all weekend. It's going to be a great time. Everyone should come out. And what, what are some of the qualifications to win this cosplay contest? What are you looking for specifically? Well, we have a best in show. It's going to be a $5,000 prize. And we have a most creative category, a most humorous category, and a best craftsmanship. So you come out, pretty good chance you're going to win something nice. Any characters that you favor in particularly? I'm a big Spider-Man guy. You can bring some good Spider-Man villains through, like a green goblin. You got, you got a good shot. How about a white or black goblin? <laughs> that works also. Purple goblin? Uh, you know, chartreuse. I want you to know, the first Tropicon. First Tropicon I have ever went to was one of my favorite cons. It was just so happy, peppy, and bursting with love. And instead of um, instead of the conventions, we all got lays, which I loved. Hey everybody, we're all gonna get laid. Caddyshack. <laughs> That's why I love you guys. Thank you so much. 
Any final words? Come to Tropicon this August 20th and 21st. The, yeah. Weird time for Tropicon is the winter. <laughs> we'll be in August. It'll be summer. It'll be beautiful. And you can find us at litropicon.com. Uh, beautiful. And thank you, Patrick. This is Charlie Saladino, senior correspondent from It Came From The Radio with... Oh, man. See you later. Back to you, Mark. Hey, guys. This is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about the country concert that I unfortunately went to. Would you just unfortunately <laughs> went to? Really? It, I don't like country. This was I your mean, first it was song, decent. Right? It was de- this was your first country yeah. concert ever. Mm-hmm. You went with your uncle and yes. your cousin. Cousin. Okay. Who was this? Kane Brown. And, and some other guy that I don't remember the name of. <laughs> you don't remember his name? No. How can you not remember his name? I don't know. He was the opening act. I don't really pay attention. But some of the... I think the guy was on the CMAs or something. The Country Music Awards. No, not Kane Brown. The other guy. I think they both were on the CMAs. All right, fine. Forget I, it. I don't know. He was like a typical country guy. This is another moment where you just lose the name of another person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, he's not really of importance. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, um, so Kane Brown, he was more like a rapish pop country guy. So, he was cooler than the bearded other one. The bearded other one? And what did... Okay. Yeah, he... Uh, what, did he what was he sing, like? Uh, well, he sings songs like, I like fine beer and whiskey. You like what? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I like wine, beer, and whiskey. Like that type of that type of guy. Okay, like uh, the typical country dude that you'd see. They all like beer, wine, and whiskey. Well, and but, girls. Oh yeah, but see, Kane Brown made it seem more poppy. But isn't that country now? It's like a pop rock kind of thing. He was more like rap pop. He's rap pop, but More-ish. he's country. Sort of. That sounds like a real. It was mix. all three. It's a, okay. All right, all yeah. three. But, or like a country rap. But that's like the most popular music now. I think that genre is like huge, like country or pop, pop country. country? Or... Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> okay, I know your uh, your uncle's always singing it all the time. I don't know where his music taste went wrong. <laughs> I don't know either because I brought him up to know a little bit better with the Pearl Jam and the rock, and now he's with country. <laughs> but I guess there's not a lot of rock out there anymore, so... You're not wrong. So like, the most rock there is now is, like, alternative rock. Is it even alternative? It's because most of these bands aren't even that it's good. classified, as it? Well, yeah, the classifications are terrible these days, but anyway. Yeah. All right, so tell me about your experience at the concert. Well, it was... I mean, the actual concert of Kane Brown wasn't bad, but, like, I got these girls behind me, like, spilt beer on my jacket and my cousin's jacket, and then, uh, like... A person threw up twice. Ew, where? Yeah. Uh, by you? Uh, like the row in front of us. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. Like, did they throw up in a cup or something? No. On the, the ground? Floor. So did you smell all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. Oh, man, that's terrible. Yep. Could you move? 
No. <laughs> Did somebody come clean it up? Yeah, luckily. Oh, really? But the, like, the guy that she was with, like, the date, whatever, did not care at all. And I was, like, shocked by that he wasn't like, yeah, let, we should go home. You feel sick. Like, he was just like, okay, stick through it. Like, Well, you're at the Kane Brown concert. That's a big deal for some people. I would have, even if it was grandson and, like, whoever I was with threw up, I would have went home. Why would you go home? They're sick. But you just paid $200 or whatever to get in the concert, right? I think Gary paid like ten. No, get out of here! <laughs> get know. out of here! No I don't way! Know. He's got connections. But, you're, but yeah, but you're coming in here to see a concert, and the person you're bringing is really that's it was drunk puke, right? It was not yeah. like yeah, ugh, that's nasty. But it wasn't like the real kind of like oh, I'm sick puke. It was I'm drinking too much. True. So there's a difference. It, yeah, there is a difference. And that's why you power through it. That's why the boyfriend was... I know that I'm wrong saying this, but that's why the boyfriend made her do it. (laughs) Because it was the drunk and not, like, the actual sick, I guess? Yeah, pretty much, Mm. you know? And luckily somebody came to clean it up. Yeah. They got some guy to come and do it. Yeah, and then, like, when Kane Brown started, because of the loud bass, she threw up again. Oh. So that's why they, like, left. Oh, they left? Yeah. They had to leave. Oh, well, good. I'm glad they left. Yeah. All right, so then I take all that back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Great. (laughs) That's too funny. All right, so would you go to another country concert? No. (laughs) Really? Just, no. There's got to be somebody out there that's pretty good. Nope. Oh, get out of here. No. All right, fine. All right. I would not go to a... I mean, would you go to a country concert? I almost went to one a couple of years ago, but I couldn't go because I had to do something. And I had to give the ticket away. But I've never Very been to vague. a country concert. <laughs> I forgot who it was. It was somebody popular. I think he beat up somebody back in the day in the audience. I forgot his name. Oh, that's that's nice. <laughs> yes. But anyway. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Jordan Davis was the guy that opened. Jordan Davis? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. You're listening to It Came From The Radio, and you're with correspondent Jenny Feldy, who is now going by L-Man, which means God and the man, and it's part of my real name, with my co-host, Awesome. Charles Saladino. So Charlie, uh, I'm I kind of feel like watching a movie that's with like space aliens and volcanoes and like hippies and, and pizza. You know any movies I could watch? Well, would you mind if a movie had all that and kung fu in it too? I like it. Where could I uh yeah. this? Well, if you have about seven or eight minutes to watch a short film, that is all inclusive in Mike Caravella's Astral Plane Drifter. Yeah, I only so, really have like seven or eight minutes, so that's, that's it. It's not um, you got minutes. it. That'll work, Jenny. All right, perfect. That'll work. So uh, Actually, <laughs> go ahead. You start. Well... <laughs> Breaking uh breaking character. We just watched the movie. <laughs> you might yes. have watched it already. We're lying. We're lying to everybody. Yeah. Well, and we watched it twice. I wanted to watch it again, but then Mike offered to replay it. So 
Uh, basically, I have a quote from the movie. What are the chances that your girlfriend is waiting tables across from Volcano full of space aliens? What are the chances? Hey, I think they're very slight. But, <laughs> that's just, but just me. But uh, anyway, Jen and I just came from the um, Astral Plane Jifters public, public uh, premiere, which we were uh, invited by uh, Mike Caravella, who is the uh, um, writer and actor in the, in the movie, uh, from his mind to the screen. And I have to say, oh, my God, you can tell he's from the 70s. It was like wild, but it is a very funny movie. Um, it has all that stuff in it, and it's only about what? What would you say, Jen? Seven to eight minutes long, if anything? Yeah, and actually not more than nine and a half. I want to say not more than nine and a half. It's very quick. It has very rules of, I thought it was a desert, but it's technically a volcano in Amboy. Where is Amboy? What? <laughs> Well, that's, uh, that's, I know they shot that in uh, California. Okay, so somewhere there's a volcano, and, uh, well, my favorite part was there's a space alien. I've played an alien in world tours. I've shot at the desert. I felt like I've yeah. kind of been in the movie, and the guy who played the alien was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it it is. It's It was a... Uh, I, I love the movie and it uh, and when I was watching it, I watched it at a film festival and uh, before this premiere. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he's walking away at the end, I'm like saying, oh, I hope this is not ending now. I hope this is not. And it ends. And, you know, it just leaves you uh, wanting more. But so, there's uh, a future, hopefully. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, uh, in the premiere, he just uh, announced that he has a script for a full-length Astral Plane Drifter. And he also announced that this is, the the full-length is going to be a prequel to what we saw. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that uh, full-length is going to lead up to the astral plane drifter wandering in the desert. So, and there's, uh, but there's two things I like that the guy's tooth, the vampire tooth fell out, and then the the woman who he said was his ex girlfriend, which I, I always like the behind the scenes. Why is she his yeah. ex girlfriend? Was she his girlfriend when they were shooting it? I don't know. Yeah. That's some gossip for yeah. another day. But she found the tooth in the volcano. That's crazy. And, and more interesting, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, in the volcanic rock. Which is a fine, it's like, you can't even, the odds of that, you you have a better chance of finding a needle in a haystack. And also, go ahead. Oh, I lost my vampire tooth in a volcano. Like, just being able to say that is pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. All I know is, I want that actress when I lose something in the house. Right. uh, Yeah, yeah. So, uh but anyway, my God, Jane, not to get off the subject, but that's a very lovely setting you have there. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, it only took me like 37 years to put all this together, but somehow it's all, so my grandma's yeah. there, she's still alive. Yeah. You know, it's an amalgamation of all this stuff. I had my best friend growing up gave me these little pyramids. So it's like, yeah. just a bunch yeah. of stuff that's collected. 
you know, it's cool. But uh, I'm thinking you should have a series like, hello, this is Jenny Feldy, and it's time for Tea Time Movies. Well, that's you know. actually what's going to happen um, with intellectual conversations. But Jenny Feldy's dead. Uh, that's another, basically, basically for, you know, not to, I want to get back to the movie, but I yeah. changed the name so people wouldn't take my joke seriously. But peep, and I said, who's going to take a grown woman named Jenny seriously? Guess what? Not very many people. I was right. But that backfired because... I produced a comedy show. I produced different events. It's very hard to get people to take you seriously with such a stupid name. So I just took my name, my real name, Jennifer Elise Feldman, shortened it to L Man, which is the man. I've been listening as a, as a man on Facebook for 10 years. And L Man actually means God. So God and L Man is part of Jennifer Lee Feldman. But back to the movie. Um, yeah. Back to the so, movie. yes, back to the movie. But that's very interesting. And I almost didn't. I almost didn't uh, answer you because I didn't know who that was. Yeah, so I L- said, thank God, thank God your picture was there. Thank but, L- yeah, back to the movie. Yeah, yes. Jenny, Jenny's like, nobody calls me Jenny for real. And people were calling me Jenny. And it was like, it's very hard to talk to with a straight face with that name. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But to the movie. <laughs> so the, this guy, I forgot the actor's name. He dressed it's up. It's Mike, Mike Caravella. Oh, no, but no, you're talking alien. about you're talking about the alien. Yeah, which the I alien, alien vampire, um, whatever. It was a, a yeah. multi character, a space yeah. vampire from the volcano, and yes. he was in white face, which is fine. You can't do black face, but you can do white face. And they recounted yeah, yeah. a story <laughs> outside a store. That outside a store, Roy's on the west coast, and he was in all yeah. white facing the store and the people in the store were afraid they thought that he was going to rob the store because you know people uh, i mean hello everyone yeah. masks anyone in a mask can rob your store but for some reason i guess being a vampire is more scary so yeah. they were afraid of him <laughs> and the director of photography is like no 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 he's one of us <laughs> yeah so, like, so uh yeah a lot of things happened on the movie set but it's an incredible movie um funny i think it's funny yeah and uh and um to have all that packed in it in just like we're saying the seven to nine minutes and it makes you want more Mm -hmm. which is the reason he wrote the the full-length uh version which uh he's shopping around now but uh what did that was my personal thing what did you think about the the movie I thought it was very interesting. And my final thought is um, Joe, last name, the creator of The Lake Parasite, which we were both at the same film festival, Scared for Your Life, which screened that movie. And that movie still is memorable. And I usually leave people alone. I don't even comment on Facebook stuff. You're going to get a notification, whatever. I found the creator of The Lake Parasite on Instagram, commented that his movie was so great. He was in the screening and they're thinking of doing a mashup possibly with the lake parasite and the astral. So that's what I think. I want to see a mashup. Yeah. Astral parasite. (laughs) Astral parasite drifter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I think that'll work, but uh, all in all, we, we, there was some technical problems with the whole thing, but he did have several people on there and that's what you're, uh, that's what you're going to get when you have that. But all in all, um, Mike, uh, Caravella and his lovely wife were uh, a gracious host and a lot of nice people on with us 
and a lot of interesting stories. So all in all, as a recap, I would say it was a very pleasurable experience uh, and a very uh, good public premiere. And um, that's my thought on that, Jen. Very creative group. So if you miss this premiere or screening, because how many times can you premiere yeah. something? Hopefully hit another screening. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yes. And, and remember, the name is Astral Plains Drifter. And the gentleman who acts in it and who wrote it is Mike Caravella. So I'm sure you can go online. You could go to Mike's uh, website or just go to Astral Plane Drifter and uh, that will come up. So um, that I, I enjoyed it. And, and now back to you, Mark. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com, Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.